series today, and this series is, is going to, uh, is, is called Inspired. And you know, I believe to do anything well in your life, there has to be inspiration. Would you, would you agree with that? I mean, even, even to mow the yard, you have to be inspired, right? To mow it well. Anything you want to do, here's, I want to say it this way, you will never do anything in your life well if you don't have some inspiration. We have to be, we have to be inspired in, although this topic and series can really impact all, every area of your life, you can take these principles, we're really going to be focusing on, on the financial, on the financial realm. And what I've noticed is a lot, a lot of people, they're not inspired about their finances. So what happens is we're, we're not inspired about an area, we just avoid it. Do any of you ever avoid an area of your life if you're not good at it? We just avoid it, you know, we stick our head, hand in the sand, our head in the sand and but here's what I noticed. If I have a one-on-one conversation with you or think about your conversations during the week, if I start talking to you, even the teenagers, our conversations will naturally flow to areas that they like, you know? So if, if, if I'm talking to some teenage boys, we may start talking about PS4 or we may start talking about, talking about the WWE Smackdown or, you know, what, whatever inspires them. And the girls, of course, is a different area. And so, you know, when we have conversations, we, we, we talk about things that inspire us. It could be a relationship, a career, a new house we just bought, a hobby. But I've learned that we, we, we stay away from areas that, that are a struggle for us or we don't feel inspired about or honestly maybe that we feel like we're losing in that area. And here's what I know. Life is, our lives have so many different compartments that you can be doing good in so many areas. But that one compartment that you're struggling with, we, we just kind of stay away from it. So I have noticed that most people, 80% of people that I talk with, don't have confidence in the financial area. Uh, they don't want to talk about it, and maybe they haven't been doing well. And so we're going to try, over the next four weeks, we're going to go through the Bible, and, and, and I'm, very, I'm very confident that we're going to help you to become inspired in the, finan in the financial area. Let me... Let me, I'm just going to give a little testimony to one of our small groups. We always try to get people, I'm always encouraging you to get in a small group as our church grows and we have hundreds of people, it's hard to get to know each other. So we, one of our small groups, we've been doing Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace for the last, I don't know, probably 12 years ago. And let me tell you how we started it. We started it when the church had about 50 or 70 people in it. And, and uh, I kept having people, these same families complain about their finances. So I was like, I've got to find something to help these people. I'm tired of hearing this, you know. We've got to liberate them. And uh, so I, I started this, and Tracy and I went with it through them. It was about 12 years ago. And, and it made such a difference in my life and the lives of the people that took it that we started doing it. And as of now, we've taken several hundred people through FPU, Financial Peace University. And we just finished a class this Monday. The, some classes are big and some classes are small. This class had eight people in it. Nine people started and eight people graduated. Eight people, eight people took a class, and in nine weeks they paid off $69,000 of, of non-mortgage debt. That is a lot. That, like, that's a lot. And then they, on top of that, they saved $4,600 in nine weeks. In nine weeks. And so... The reason we do FPU is because here's what I've learned. No matter, even if your finances are in trouble, uh, when you bring God into it, he can turn it around very quickly. 
And that's every area of your life. If you're not doing good in the area of your life, if you give it to Jesus and start obeying the biblical principles, it can turn around much quicker uh, than you ever thought. I just want to encourage you. We do this series. The series will help you. But if you're not doing good in your finances, after the summer, we'll do FPU again, Financial Peace University. And people don't take that class because they always think that they're the only one taking the class that's in trouble. Hint, if you're taking a financial class, probably most people need help, right? So it's a, it's a, liberating, it's a liberating mode. But most people, since they have not done well financially, and since their finances are, are a topic of stress, worry, disappointment, and concern, they just avoid it, avoid it altogether. But one of the core, fam- core values of family life, we have, we have four core values, and one of them is we exist as a church to strengthen families. That's our number one thing. Uh, and over the course of our history, the last 18 years, I can't tell you how many marriages have been rescued and restored just, just through this church and helping people. But I learned this. I learned this, several things. If you're going to help families, at some point in time, you have to help them with their finances. And th- that's me too. It's funny, but we go through... We go through high school and we go through college. And you know the one class, there's one class that is, never, that is never required for you to take, and that's the financial class. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we're going to work. We're going we're to work for 45 years of our life. We're going to earn a bunch of money. I can't remember what the stat is, but most people are going to earn several million dollars in their lifetime. And if we're going to do that, it would probably be good to learn how to be inspired with our finances. So, um, I'm going to spend 30 seconds, just 30 seconds, being negative. Then the rest of time, the next four weeks is positive, okay? And I'm going to be negative for, for, for 30 seconds for one reason. I just want, to, I want you to know that you're not alone, and I want you to know that the state of finances in America is not good, and all we have to do is change how we're using it. 70, 76% of Americans, or 76 out of 100 people, live paycheck to paycheck. What that means is if they're not able to go to work for one week, they can't pay their bill. They can't pay their house. They can't, pay their, they can't buy food. Uh, they don't do that. They, that. That's a bad thing. 57% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. The average household debt in the U.S. is staggering. And look at, look at this. The average credit card debt per household is $16,883. The average that people owe on loan, car loans is $29,000. Student loans is 50000 and mortgage is 182000 So that's like a whole lot of debt, okay? 90, 90% of marriage, marriages, how many of you are married here? Raise your hands. Okay, keep them up. How many of you want to be married one day? <laughs> keep them up. Th- these girls are going to be single the rest of their life. That's all right. We're, we're starting the family life nunnery, okay? Y'all can just join right in. Now, you can put your hand down. But 90% of people who are married say that, that they have, they have fights and arguments and, and, and discord over, over, over money. Um, 46% of people get to the end of their life and have less than $10,000 at retirement. Um, and 55% of people say that they always or sometimes worry about money. Over, over half the people in our country, even though we're one of the most prosperous nations on the earth, 55% of people worry about money. They have concerns about money. So now, I'm, I told you, that's it. I'm not, I, I, we're going to be positive here. 
I just did that to show you that our financial situation in America is not what it could be. Okay? It's for our country and for, indi and for individual uh, people. And so, have you ever wondered, I've had people ask me this, have you ever wondered, or maybe you don't know, why the Bible talks so much about money, possessions, assets, and generosity? I mean, th those themes are just replete through the Scripture. We're going to talk about this at some point, but even the word to giving, gave, to give, that, that term is used more than 2,100 times in the Bible. Wow, something about that we're supposed to be uh, givers. So, Money is one of the most essential ingredients to living a peaceful, stress-free life. Money doesn't solve all your problems. But how many of you know if you don't have to worry about paying your bills and you have enough to put food on the table and you have enough to get your car fixed, how many of the, the stress that brings the stress way down? So how you do, think about this, how you do financially, it determines a lot of your life. It determines where you live. It determines the, the school your kids get to go to. It determines the vacations you get to take. It determines um, the cars you drive, the foods you eat. And a, a very important thing, it determines how much, you can, how much you can give. And I think one of the biggest things, and, and I've, I've said this, that only 12% of people that attend church actually tithe, what the Bible calls tithe, or gives 10% to the church. And do you know why I figured this out? It's not because people don't want to, don't think it's a good idea. It's because most people don't have anything. And if you don't have anything, you can't give anything. So the, if, you, if you're like, man, I really just want, would like to be able to give. I'd like to be able to help if someone has a need and just help them. The only way you can do that is if you do better with your finances. Are you all with me? All right, okay. So let's talk about one more thing. Jesus, it's, Jesus spoke, we have 38 parables in the Bible recorded, parables or stories that he would tell. Of the 38 parables, 16 of them, 16 of them have to do um, with, with money and possessions. And when you read the book of Proverbs, which is written by Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, over and over again, the book of Proverbs, it talks about four things, the danger of debt, the benefit of saving, the reward of giving, and the importance of, of managing our finances almost to a fault. So here's a start we're going to, here's a thought we're going to start with today. And this is gonna. This is the whole message today. Is that most people, people live in the day instead of for the day. People live in the day and not for the day. Let me let me let me tell you what this means. We get so caught up in the day to day activities of life. How many of you this week, this week, you couldn't think more than an hour ahead because your day to day activities. I have this meeting. I have this. I have to be here. How many of you? got to a place this week where you were so busy with the day-to-day -day stuff that you couldn't think about tomorrow or next week. Many of you. We get so busy with the day-to-day -day activities <coughs> that we, we're not able to give thought to the future. So we don't think about five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. But an interesting fact of life is that you always get there. Why well, don't want to think about the future? Well, you're going to get there. I mean, you're going you're gonna to get there. I mean, I'm, I'm living proof of this. When we, when we started this church, I was 29 years old, and I didn't have any wrinkles. I didn't have anything, and, and I, I probably looked about 20. And I got so tired of people coming in and saying, you're the pastor? You're the pastor? So I, I started growing facial hair and doing everything I can, you know. A couple years ago, Tracy said, 
you can do whatever you want now. You no longer, you no longer look that young, you know. And so I said, is all this from you or the church? She's like, no, it's, maybe it's from you, so maybe it is. But, uh, but anyway, the point is, whether we think about the future or not, we're going to get there one day. So it would be very wise if we actually thought about the future, if we plan for the future uh, today. So living for the day means that, that uh, when I say living for today, what I'm saying is that today impacts tomorrow, tomorrow impacts next week, and next month will impact next year and five years. So instead of living in the day, like only for this day, we're going to live for the day, which means that every day of our life, is building towards our future so we can do things every day so that our future is much brighter and we have uh, more choices than normal. Now, I'm starting off today. I have never done this lesson before, and this is going to be a totally different series. And uh, today I'm going to talk about retired inspired, how to retire inspired. Now, I'm going to talk about the concept of, of building your life toward a retirement, and hopefully I'm going to challenge your thinking about retirement. I mean, some of you, some people in here think that retirement is not, even, it's not even biblical. It's not in the Bible. So we're going to look at that here in just a few minutes. Um, and I know when I talk about the word retirement that I just lost every college student, high school student, and 20-something here today. you like, you just checked out, okay? But I'm glad y'all are on the front row. Because here's the, here's the thing. The younger you are, the easier it is to have a future that you want. The problem is when you wait till way later and you're trying, you're trying to play catch-up. So if you're young in here, if you're old, that's okay, that's fine. But if the younger you are in here, uh, the easier it is. And let, let's talk about this. So let's talk about the word retirement. There is, there's a, there's a, a concept of like when I ask you what retirement means, most people, this is what they think. They think of it's the end of your life, when you're worn out, burned out, the sun is setting on you, and it's usually associated with an age of 65, we'll talk about why, and basically if you're young, you think retirement is when you're too old to do anything or enjoy anything. That, that's what it is, you know, I remember my granddad, my granddad retired, and I would go to his house, and I would think, man, retirement is so boring because him and his friends didn't have anything to do, so they would get a project, and they would stretch it out like two weeks. You know, they would work like three hours a day, get up, have a cup of coffee, do a little bit, they'd stretch it out, you know. But I, here, let's get a new definition. This is a better definition. Retirement can be a new beginning. It's a season where you can choose to do whatever you want whenever you want and retirement is not an age it's simply a financial number so whenever you have saved enough money to secure your future that's when you can retire and it, it's very interesting you, you can google this there's people today that are retiring in their 40s there's people today that are retiring in their in their in their late 30s i was reading about a couple last week they both uh, went to college they had good jobs. They lived right by their work. They didn't have cars. They didn't eat out. They lived in a little bitty one-bedroom apartment for 10 years, and they saved 80% of their income. And they retired at 37 with like $1.5 million. And that, now, you know, I don't want to live in a one-bedroom apartment. 
and I don't want to walk to work, so I didn't retire at 37, okay? I started a church and took no salary. That's what I did. That's what I did at 37, okay? But, but think about this. Let's go on. Bas- basically, retirement means you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, that it's a new season, that you can follow your heart's desire, that you have the choice to do that. So everyone here has different desires. Some people... You may love your job, and you may never want to quit working, and that's fine. Or you may want to work part-time. Uh, others, others may want to travel or volunteer or spend more time with family or get away from family. I mean, you can do whatever you want in retirement. It's you. I know some people that they're planning on retiring to do mission work. They're going to go overseas and do short-term medical missions work. It's what they want to do. It's how they want to spend uh, their time. And so basically, if, if we're inspired how we live today and we plan for a future, for a retirement, for a new season, we have the options, the choice to do basically whatever we want to do. Now let's talk about this. Retirement is really, it's a fairly new concept. It's only about 100 years old because if you think about it, in the 1800s when they were on covered wagons going west, you just didn't live long enough to retire. You got a cold, you, you got an infection, and there were no antibiotics, and there were no really hospital facilities or medical facilities when these people, so they were dying, they were dying at, a, at a very young age. But today, the average age that you're going to live is 78. And guys, if you and your wife are the same age, she's going to live to 81. So you're going to check out a little bit earlier, okay? Uh, so that, like, that's a long time. So basically, because of medicine and things like that, we can have a good long time where we work and also a good long time in retirement, a new season where we get to make some choices and live differently if we want to. Now, for everyone, I get, I get calls on this, people tell me this, that retirement is not biblical. Okay, I'm going to show you the word retirement in the Bible and I'm going to read the New American Standard, which is the most authentic version. It's the closest we can get to the original Greek and Hebrew. It's the best, most accurate Bible translation today. So let's look at this. Numbers chapter 8, verse 23 through 26. It says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This is what applies to the Levites. From 25 years old and upward, they shall enter and perform uh, service in the work of the tent of meeting, that's the tabernacle area. But at the age of 50 years, they shall retire from service in the work and not work anymore. They may, however, assist their brothers in the tent of meeting to keep an obligation, but they themselves shall do no more work. So here's the bottom line. The, 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 the tribe of Levi, they were in charge of all the worship in Israel all the tabernacle area, and if you read the book of Leviticus, it was a lot of work. It was labor-intensive. It was long hours. It was manual labor. And, and so what God told them from 25 to 50, man, they're supposed to work. But once they get 50, they're not supposed to do any of the hard work that they did, the long hours. However, they can use their expertise and experience to help the younger guys out, but they're not obligated, nor do they have to, keep the same schedule anymore. So basically at, re- at retirement, they, they retired from what 
they had been doing, and now they had a choice. They can continue to work in the tabernacle. They can sit at home and look at their sheep all day. I mean, they could do whatever whatever they wanted to do. They had a choice. Now, let's look at, um, I I just wanted to get you thinking today, and when we're talking about the history of retirement, there's, there's really three things when we think of. There's three ways that people have been able to retire. And uh, so I want to look at those real quickly just because I, I, I want to, I don't want to just, I want you to get inspired, but I want you to gain a little bit of knowledge because sometimes we, we don't think about an area, we don't have any knowledge of it. When we get knowledge and we start thinking about it, it helps us to, to, to move forward. So today, retirement is only possible if you've saved enough money to provide for your needs. So the history of retirement goes back 100 years, and it, it's actually the, the um, how it started about, in, about 100 years ago was called the company pension plan. And so what happened is way back a long time ago, it's the first pension plan started in 1860, and it was, it was from our Ireland brothers. How many Irish do we have in here? A few in here? Okay. I'm all by myself. I feel alone. Okay? And, uh, but, but Guinness Beers in, in, in uh, Ireland... They started the first pension plan in 1860, and what it went was like this. Since people worked 40 years, they've worked at the same company their whole lives, companies uh, wanted, wanted, to reward, wanted to reward their loyalty, so they took some of, the, some of their workers, the employees' money, and they subsidized it and put it into a fund, and then at their retirement, they got a set amount of money for the rest of their life. Pretty good deal. That was, that was the, the pension plan. Uh, the first one in America started 15 years later, about 1875, by the American Express Company. Today, as of, as of 2010, uh, hardly any companies do pension plans anymore. They now offer 401ks. Now, let's talk about one more term. Have you ever noticed why most people think that retirement is 65? I have two words for you. Social Security. Right? Social Security. So this is funny. The Social Security Act happened in 1935. Okay, 1935, and what it is, the government decided they wanted to subsidize uh, the American workers' um, retirement plan a little bit. But I want you to think about this. In 1935, the average person lived to 60. And so Social Security started at 62. You see how that's working, huh? So really, Social Security was never, today, people are receiving it for 25, 30 years, and you ever wonder why Social Security is in trouble today and running deficits? Because it was never meant to be funded to somebody for 25, 30 years. And also, it was never meant to be the only source of income. The average Social Security um, benefit is, is a little under $1,200, $1,194. So it was meant to subsidize like 30 to 40% of your income. It was never meant to do all of it. And then, of course, the 401k. Let me, everyone, everyone born after 1974, I want you to raise your hands. We got some young folk in here, huh? Look at that. I was, well, I was born before that. I'm going to say that, okay? So the 401k plan didn't start until 1974. So you can see how relative, what, what is that, 43 years ago? So anything under 43, I mean, that, that's, you know, it's not that long. And so today... A lot of companies offer 401ks where they take your money, put it in there, and it's, it's mutually funded, and they, they do that, and then sometimes they match some of that. Now, here's the problem. The problem is that, that um, 30, 
of, of people that have 401ks have less than $1,000 in them. 33% don't even use them. And so we have a problem. So the reason, the reason I talk about history of retirement was not to bore you, but to show you that today, like if you have a dream to retire one day, then it, it's your responsibility to save money because no one else, no one else is, is going to do that for you. So basically, if we depend upon the government, if we depend upon receiving an inheritance from our family, if we, if we, if we depend on the lotto, blackjack, you know, if we depend on any of that, we're probably going to be in trouble. I give, I'll tell you a funny story, I give my parents a hard time, but my parents, although they're, they're, they're not wealthy, but they really, they're, they were so frugal their whole lives. I mean, they were so frugal, and so they've been able to enjoy the, the rewards of that, and they've been retired for a number of years. And I mean, even now, we'll go out to lunch one day, and it's, it's just ingrained in them. And I'll tell them, okay, I'm going to pay, get whatever you want, Okay. And my mom will say, well, I don't want fries. Can I get a baked potato? And they're like, yeah, that's $1.50. Oh, never mind. For the love of everything holy, please get the baked potato. I will be happy, happy to pay the $1.50. But I've been telling my dad for years, Dad, go do whatever you want. Spend your money. If you leave it to us, we're just going to spend it. And, and, and so a year, about a year or two ago, like I noticed, I'm like, I told Tracy, I'm like, man, they, they've been... They've been, they went on a 20-day safari to Africa. They're in Alaska fishing for salmon, for goodness sake. And I told Trey, you know how much money they're spending? So I was like, Dad, you're on a, you're on a trip spree. He's like, yeah, you've been telling me for years to spend our money or you're going to spend it, so we're spending it. <laughs> I said, well, my gosh, I was just being a nice son. I wasn't serious. <laughs> I wasn't serious. This is really, but my point is this. If you live different today, especially the younger you are, you live different today, you have choices in the future, okay? And uh, so my dad, he came down here, this was like six months ago, and he came down, and we went fishing, and my truck has a backup camera. And so he was fascinated by my backup camera. And he's like, do you want me to guide you back? I'm like, no, just sit here, I'm going to back right in, and we backed up. And he, he had a 2017 pickup truck, but it didn't have a camera. You know what happened, right? His truck was four months old. He went back and traded it in for another 2017, a brand new one that had a backup camera. Like, I could, like, I, I had to sit down. I had to call my brother and sisters. I mean, you won't buy a, a baked potato for $1.50. And his, his exact words were this. Yeah, I, I lost $1,500, but I got a backup camera. Well, my gosh, just do whatever you want to do, you know? But he has options because they were so frugal and, uh, you know, so on. So retirement is a new beginning. It's a season where I can choose to do whatever I want, whenever I want. It's not an age number. It's a financial number. So whenever I've saved enough money to secure my future, so retirement gives you endless options. So the question I ask today, especially all the young people, high school, college, if you want options, then live differently today. And I'm going to show you how to do that. I want to first, I'm going to tell you two quick stories of two different people. And they, they, show, they show us two different ways of living. And I had two conversations a few years ago with two individuals a couple of days apart. And 
both these individuals, they made the same amount of money. They, they worked for the same company and everything. So uh, I was, it was a few years ago, so I was up here with one of our volunteers, and we were doing some stuff, and this is his, these are exact words. This, this man tells me, you know, Pastor, my boss is getting really demanding. I think I'm just going to retire. Hey, he was pretty young, you know. And so, I'm, so I was thinking about that, and I'm thinking, well, can you? He said, it's funny you should mention that. He was ready for that one. It's funny you should mention that, he said. He said, I've been talking about financial planner, and he says, you have plenty of money. He's like, everything you have is paid for. You have a pension, and you have a 401k, and those don't kick in for a couple years, and you have enough cash to live until then. I was shocked. So he did. He retired, and he volunteers when he wants to at different, different organizations. If he doesn't feel like volunteering, if he wants to sleep in, he does whatever the heck he wants to do. So I was at the gym a couple days later, and this guy I hardly knew just comes up and starts talking to me. And I don't know, I think I have something on me. I think it's a spiritual gift that says, talk to me, tell me your problems. Because I just go places, like, I don't know you. Why are you telling me this, you know? And so I'm working, this guy just comes walking in, and, and he said, man, <coughs> he said, uh, I've made so much money in my life. I have made so much money. And he said, I am 62 years old, and I have nothing. My house isn't paid for. My cars aren't paid for. I don't have anything in retirement. He's like, I regret. He said, I spent all of my money just on stupid stuff that I couldn't afford. And now I'm going to have to, I, ha I have to keep working so I don't end up in the poorhouse. You know, I have to work as long as I can. And again, this series is not to make anyone feel bad because no matter what age you're at, you can make some choices to change. But these stories are of two people who live differently. See, the difference between these two people was inspiration. One was inspired to save money. One was inspired to sacrifice today so that he could live differently in the future. And the other person, uh, the other person simply lived in the day. They lived in the moment. And he bought things he couldn't afford that, that brought him temporary happiness. But now he has no freedom to choose how he lives, and so he's going to work until the day he dies, or is no longer physically able. I'm going to give you three things this morning, and these three principles can work in any area of your life, but we're using them in the financial realm. How do you retire inspired? How do you get inspired to live differently a day so that one day you can retire, you can move into a different season of your life, you can have the option to do whatever you want, and the first thing is this, you have to have a dream. You have to have a dream. For your life. I mean, it, it, we're talking financially, but think about it. if you don't like the way you're looking, you want to lose weight. You just have to have a dream. You have to have a dream that inspires you to change old behavior and, and, and start new habits. But inspiration. So here's the question. I want you to write this down on your notes if you have notes. All the high school kids, college kids, write this down. Here's the question. Here's the dream. What would you like to do one day if you could do anything you wanted? What would you like to do? If you live differently today, what is it in your heart that would be worth sacrificing for today so that you can do this particular activity later in life? And 
for, for some people, it may be like, man, I want to, I, I, have, I have a couple of friends that have, that have houses on a lake. And like, their dream is to have a cup of coffee and be watching the sunrise come up. I have one friend that wants to live on a lake, and he doesn't want to drink coffee, and he doesn't want to see the sun come up. He wants to see it setting, which means he wants to, he wants to sleep in, right? He's going to sleep in. He's going to watch the moon come up. But some people may want to live on a lake. Some people may want to volunteer. Uh, some people may want to spend time with family. Some may want to sleep in. Some may want to travel the world. Some may want to buy property out in the country. Or you may want to continue, continue to work. But you have to have a dream to become inspired with your finances. You have to have a dream that's worth sacrificing for, that's worth saving for, that's worth saying we're not going to spend money there because we're looking to the, we're looking, uh, to the future. You have to have something that, that, that excites you, something that motivates you. And, uh, you know, I was thinking for, for, for myself, uh, you know, one thing that motivates me, Trace and I, we just love to travel. We love to travel. And so one day, now I always want to do something here at the church as long as I have, as long as I have, you know, passion, as long as I'm healthy. I always want to serve this church in some capacity. Um, but I want to have the opportunity that, to travel when I want, where I want, however I want. I just do. And actually one of my biggest goals is that when I work here at church, when I serve at the church, that I don't take any salary. I just, I just serve. I don't need a salary from the church. I just, I just serve the church. You know, no paycheck. But you, so think about this. What would you like to do? And again, you may like working the same exact job what you're doing now because it fulfills you. But what do you want to do? I, I, know some, I, know, I know one couple, I know several couples like this, that they have a spiritual gift of giving. They just like to give. And I'm not talking about tithing. They tithe, but they give. And I know one couple, they worked two separate careers. They had two separate companies. And they made like, when, when it got to retirement, they, uh, they, they had millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And what they... That was their goal. And so they took some and they, they, they separated for themselves. This is more than we need. And the rest, they like their whole goal, what they wanted to do in retirement was to give it away. And they started scholarship funds and mission funds and helped build churches in Africa and different things. But, you know, that was their dream. And so what, what is your dream? What excites you? So the second thing is this is that you have to make a plan. You have to make a plan. You have to make a plan. And uh, after you realize your dream, you have to have a plan to get there. Herm Edwards says this, that a dream without a plan isn't a dream at all. It's a wish. Right? And so it's not hard for all of you. As a matter of fact, some of you still here, you're not with me. You're still thinking about the dreams. You have so many of them. But what I'm going to say this, no matter how good the dream is, you'll never get there if you don't have a plan. We're good, at, we're, good at, we're good at having all these grandiose things, but we never take, we never take step one. Proverbs 21.5, it says this, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to, leads to poverty. So look at this, the plans, when you have a, the plan of the diligent, the plan of the consistent, it leads to increase, it leads to profit, but haste always leads, always leads to poverty. So, you have to have a dream, and then you have to develop a plan to get there. So here's the thought. The dream that you thought of, 
the dream that you thought of, you have to figure out how much is it going to actually cost to do. That's a good thought, right? Like, I have this dream, but how much is it going to cost to live out this dream? How much will I need to save during my life to afford this dream? And what steps are you going to take today? Okay, uh, if you would put up, the, put up the next slide. So I want, I want everyone, isn't it? Yeah, that Chris Hogan down there, chrishogan360.com. I want everyone, everyone to take a picture of that, everyone to write that down. So basically, Chris Hogan, who works for Dave Ramsey, he's a retirement expert, and he has this site that you can go in, and in five to seven minutes, you can figure out how much you need to save to reach your dream. Okay? So all the young ones in here, it's, it's not going to be very much because you have time uh, for interest to, to go and to build. And so, anyway, it takes about five minutes. I did this a couple weeks ago. I'd never seen any, any site like this. And so basically you put what you want to do, how much you have saved or don't have saved, and, and it gives you a number, a, nu a real number to work for. So also in making a plan. So I encourage everyone, it takes you five to ten minutes to do this. I encourage everyone to do that this week. And the second thing is this, is that under making a plan, you need, to, you need professional help. You need professional help. So look, if I have a plumbing issue at my house, I call a plumber. Y'all see where I'm going with this? If I have an electrical issue at my house, I try to fix it myself, then Tracy tells me you're going to kill yourself. Call the electrician, right? And so, it, so think about this. If we're thinking about retirement, we probably need an expert to help. Again, uh, we've been talking about Dave Ramsey a lot, but if you go to Dave Ramsey's website, you can find, you can find here in Sugarland, Richmond, Rosenberg, you can, find, you can find professional people that are certified through Dave Ramsey, and it costs you nothing to meet with them. Zero to meet with them. So I encourage you to do that. And the third thing is this. So you have to have a, you have to have a dream that excites you. Uh, you, have to, you have to make a plan. And the third thing is you have to consistently work and save to reach your goal. So Proverbs 13, 11, it says this. It says, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. And so that, that's funny, that little by little. We don't realize that when, we're, when we start investing money, even $50, $100 a month, and it's making interest over a long period of time, it can, it can build a great wealth. So there's a lot of ways that, there's a lot of ways, you know, a professional can help you, that you can invest money so it grows over the long time. You can do real estate, bonds, precious metals. You see those commercials, buy gold. You see those commercials, they have gold. Isn't that, that's enticing, huh? Just to get some of those gold coins to play with it. Okay, it's just me. I'm enticed by, I'm enticed by gold, man. And, um, but we, listen to this, let's make it real simple. We have, we have this thing uh, called a stock market. And I know some of you may not like it, but you know since the inception of the stock market, it has, it has, it has produced 8%, like 8% forever is what it's produced. So if you're investing long-term, sometimes it's simply as writing a check, sending it to your professional person, they, they put it in mutual funds, and over, over time it builds compound interest. And uh, it's funny, Albert Einstein said, uh, compound interest is the most powerful force in the universe it's the greatest mathematical discovery at any time. So basically, you can put money in every month, and it makes interest, and it makes interest on the interest. Okay? All right. 
I knew this morning was going to be tough talking about this. I knew it was. But I'm telling you, this we're going we're to talk next week. Next, we're going to talk about everything that you need to do to get your finances in order and get inspired. Be very, very practical. But I want to start with this because if you have a picture of how your life could be one day, it will change how you how you live today. I promise you. Okay, so we're, here's how we're going to end today. Here's how we're going to get very practical. I want to show you this morning, and all the young kids out here, all the college students, uh, man, college students, if you did this, you'd be multimillionaires. Uh, you have to have a dream, you have to have a plan, and then you have to consistently, uh, consistently act on it. So I just want to, I'm a very practical person, so I just, I want all high school and college age kids, I want you to think about this. Let's say you graduate from college at, at 22 or you take the extended route and it's 24, okay? Let's say you get your first job when you're 25. How many parents hope their kids have a job when they're 25? Like a, like a, a real job, okay? Let's say all you do, all you do is put $100 a month, and we're going to use the stock market just for example, and we're going to use 8% because that's what it's always made, the history of it. If, if you do, look at that. If you graduate from college, 25, save $100 a month, you'll have $335,000. Now, you say, well, Terry, that's not a million dollars, but you only put 100 bucks in. That's not bad, right? Like you didn't drink coffee. Or you didn't pay for a coffee. Are you with me? And um, you say, but, but if you get there and your house is paid for and you don't have debt, that, that, that's pretty good. But let's, let's take another thing. We're going to talk about how many here have car payments? Okay, most everyone does. Uh, the normal car payment is $493, and most, people, most families have two of them, okay? So what if, what if you, let's put the next one up. Yeah, here we go. If you invested $493 and you drove a used car, maybe it's old, beat up, who cares, and, and if you did that from 30 to 65, $1.1 million. That's a lot of money. Is that a lot of money? So I want to see some old cars out there next week. I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. Drive whatever you want, okay? Let's do it. Now, another thing that I, I really have issue with, I really have issue with this. We're spending way too much, and kids are going into debt for college. They're going into massive debt for college, and a lot of the universities you're sending them to, they're not worth a darn. But anyway, let's, let's go with college. So the average, the average student loan, the average, oh, did I skip one? Is there one on student loan or no? Okay. The average student loan is $280 a month. $280 a month. What if you went to college, you start off at a junior college, you actually worked and paid for your school? What if you graduate without, without college debt? You say it's not possible. People do it every day. People do it every day. I, I, I did it. And, um, and I, didn't, I didn't get scholarships. But anyway, let, let's say, did we get that? Uh, we, I must have missed one. Okay. But... $280 a month, so instead of having a student loan at $280 a month, that's the average, um, you're not going to have debt, and from 30 to 65, again, 30 to 65, um, or, or from 25 to 65, you, you put in 8%, that $280, you have $940,000. You have basically a million dollars just using the money that you would have paid for a student loan uh, for doing that. Now, they, they said this other one, so the average family... I'm just trying to give you little, little ways. The average family spends $232 a month eating out. Now, I know Sugarland. 
you're spending more than that, right? So let's say $232 a month. Let's say you decide to eat out and you're going to spend more at the grocery store. You spend $100 more and you don't eat out. So you, you just save $132 a month. And, and you do this over time and it gets 8% interest. You're talking about $294,000. This next one is huge. How many of y'all get tax refunds? The average, listen, the average tax refund in Texas is $2,800. The average refund, refund in Texas for IRS is $2,800. If you did nothing else, if you did nothing else but invest everything you got back from your income tax returns, let's say the, the average is $2,800, from 30 to 65, that's $529,000. Half a million dollars because you didn't use your refund like a, like a bonus. See, Terry, I would do that, but I have a wife. And she, know, she puts it into her account. See, you, you got to have, have a game plan together. Let, let, let's, do, let's do a couple more, and then we'll finish up. The worship team can go ahead and come on up. The per capita income in Sugarland is $48,000 per person. Per person, that's what they make. And so think, what, what, if, what if you said, man, we're going to save 10% of our income, about $400 a month, and we're going to do that from, from 30 to 65, $893,000. Now let me show you something else. The average household spends 25% of their income servicing debt. Student loans, car loans, credit card debts. That's not, that's not food, that's not clothing. That's not your mortgage. The average family spends 25% of their income just servicing their debt, just making it. So what if, what, what if over time we decided that we weren't going to get in debt and we didn't have any debt, and let, let's just say you do something like a, $1,000 a month. You put $1,000 a month into retirement from 30 to 65. You're talking about $2.23 million. So a lot of money. I'm just trying to, I, I was trying to show you ways that, you know, whether it's not buying coffee, whether it's eating out less, whether it's using your tax fund, simple ways that you can save and make a huge difference in your life. So in closing this morning, the problem, the problem is, is that we're living in the day and not for the day. We don't, we don't have a dream uh, for our future, no inspiration. So we, we recklessly, we're spending our greatest our greatest resource, which is our income on things that don't have a long-term potential. So step one is uh, becoming inspired by getting a dream that excites you, a dream uh, that drives you to live differently, of making a plan, and then just simply being consistent, okay? So let's stand up this morning. And so again, if you say, well, Terry, I'm, I'm, I'm not at the point where I need to start thinking about retirement or I'm not there yet, we're, we're going to get to everything you need to do. But the goal of this series is how can we be inspired with our finances in such a way that it causes us to live differently, to think about debt differently, to think about giving differently, to think about planning for the future differently? How can we get ourselves in a, in, a, in a better position. And I, and I believe this, church, is that even if you're in a bad position, God can turn that around quickly. When we have God on our side infusing us, he, he can do things. He can give us better jobs. He can give us raises. He can keep us healthy. And he, there's so many things that he can do. Father God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus.
And God, I just pray right now that as we start talking about the financial realm, Lord, that you would just bring inspiration to us, God, that you would inspire us to look at things, to think about things. And with, with, with eyes closed and heads bowed, I, I, I want to have an honest moment. And maybe you're here right now, and, and maybe you're like the normal person. You're like, man, our finances are a source of concern. We argue about our finances. Or I feel defeated because I don't feel like we're doing very good in this area. Would, would you just lift your hand and just, just lift that up to God? Because we're going to ask Him to do something special in our lives and in our families these next few weeks. God, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. We come before you. And Lord, the Word says that every good gift comes from above, from the Father. And Lord, we know that, that your resources are not limited. And you can, you can give them and bless us when we learn how to really uh, become good managers and good, good uh, what do we say, good at, at, at really attending the blessings that you've given us. So God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray your blessings over everyone here today. God, I pray that you're, you're awakening dreams of a good future in our lives, God, and and it would cause us, give us inspiration, Lord, to live differently today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thank you so much for coming today. For all of our first-timers, I'll be out there in the lobby. I would love to, love to meet you. If you would, guys, help take up the chairs today, that'd be a blessing.